Do you find it hard to identify and communicate with potential clients? You just don't know where your next client is going to come from. If that's the case for you, we will address this issue. And by the end of our time together, you will have a simple and effective system to organize your client pipeline and convert leads into paying customers. It is a critical, critical part of growing a coaching business. First of all, acquiring and then managing client leads. With that, welcome to Coach Builder, a Business Made Simple podcast limited series teaching you exactly how to turn your skills and expertise into a successful coaching business. It is all based on my new book, Coach Builder, which releases on March 12th. I am your host, Donald Miller. In this episode, we are focusing on step two of the Coach Builder framework, creating and managing a potential client list. Hey, everybody. It's me and Bobby Richards, our podcast producer. Bobby, how are you today? I'm doing great, Don. How are you doing? And we are on step two of how to pivot your career into a coaching business. And, you know, I told you a story earlier today. I was with a guy who writes for ESPN.com, writes for the magazine, writes for the television show, all that kind of stuff. And I told him, did you know you could be a coach? And he kind of looked at me blankly. He's, you know, he's in his 50s. He's written probably thousands of stories. Sure. And he's written whole books. He's got an incredible mind. And, you know, in your 50s, do you want to keep getting on airplanes and doing all this kind of stuff? I said, did you know you could be a coach? And he was like, what are you talking about? I could be a coach. You could, you could literally, you, have, you know, so much about performance, about leadership, about excellence, about how people screw up their lives because you've written all this stuff. You could easily, people would pay you a thousand bucks a month to just talk to you and get some wisdom from everything that you've learned. And to me, wouldn't that be clear to you? Like, wouldn't you pay a guy who knows that much about excellence oh, to coach you? The authority that he has. I mean, just by you just describing him, I'm going, oh, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Well, not only that, he's written a story about every major crisis and downfall in the history probably of college football. Wow. So do you think he has some wisdom for a new college coach going into a new football program? I think he's got a little wisdom there, yeah. Yeah, I'd pay him ten grand to say, hey, how do I not screw this up? How do I not screw this up, yeah. And if he had an hour to prepare for that, he'd go in with a full day worth of, okay, here's everything they do wrong. I, I wrote this story in August of 2018 about so-and-so doing this stupid thing. A, a lot of people, my point is, a lot of people don't realize the wisdom that they have and how valuable it is, but the way that you channel that wisdom it's not over coffee. You channel it through a coaching business that puts a shingle out on the door that says, I am a coach, and preferably you specialize in a certain area. So last week we talked about a menu of products. So that's the first thing my friend would have to do. He'd have to create a menu of products. You know, I, I help new coaches get started in their new job, and it's called the New Coach Startup Program, right? And then I help, the, it's called the, the Winning Team Publicity Campaign. And here's how you're going to want to pitch yourself to journalists. And you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I've already yeah. got two products that are each worth ten or fifteen thousand dollars. And I'm just telling there are so many people out there who don't realize they're sitting on a coaching business. Well, it's hard to it's hard to think outward when you're so linear with just how you're you're thinking so forward. Like your friend, he's thinking about I'm a writer, I'm gonna write something. Right. And, That's he's, it. and That's he's also it. bought into the identity that I'm only a writer. Sure. And maybe part of the step is to say, I'm a writer and I'm learning to be a coach. Just add that to your identity. I'm learning to be a coach. And by the way, Coach Builder, the book, is going to help you, quote unquote, learn to be a coach, right? And so you, you've got to add that to your identity. And then that first step, which we talked about last week, was creating that menu of products. Menu Let's products. brainstorm that. Today, we're going to talk the second thing that my friend would need to do in order to be really confident, and that is create a list of potential clients. 
Who's going to buy this? Where do you start when it, when it comes down to all that? I think the place that I talk about this in the book, the, the place that you start is you start identifying problems people have that you can help them solve. Nice. And I know that, that has nothing to do with clients, right? Actually, it has everything to do with clients. I was going to say, it identifies exactly who you need to yeah, put yeah, on that list. Now you're going to go through the problems and you say, you know, so-and-so over at Florida Ag and Tech and, and HVAC Repair, they need they go. need this. Let me email them and tell them that, that this product exists. And when you do that, you know what? About probably 20% of those emails are going to come back and say, hey, when can I get you on my schedule? Tell me how much was that again? Is it 50% down? Do I pay you now? I have money and I want to give it to you. Yeah, because we got to deal with this right now. People are triggered to make purchases when you identify their problem. And so before you make the client list, and this is part of the menu of products, part of last week, you're going to identify all these problems. You're going to create products to solve those problems. And then you're going to list clients who need those products. And then you're going to write emails to each of those people, those potential clients saying, I have this product. And that will build a coaching business. You can do this if your job allows you to while you still have your day job, right? You can still do this. And don't do this if you if you have a job or you have like a non-compete or something. Don't get yourself in trouble. But, you know, you can very quickly. I know people who have left their job making $180,000 and within three weeks were making $400,000 in coaching because they did exactly what it just, they identified, okay, here's what I'm good at. I'm good at solving this problem, so let me write it down. Let me put the solution into a product, and let me identify the actual names and email addresses of everybody who needs this product, and then you send it out. And I'm sure once you start kind of thinking through that problem and building out that list, you might even think, oh, here's some other problems that I can solve. That's and that, right. And that helps kind of then add maybe back to your menu of products. Yeah, and you know, there's also a blanket email that you can send out to everybody saying, hey, I'm pivoting my career into a coaching business. I've spent years studying this. Uh, you know, For instance, I was at a thing recently, a coaching, it was John Townsend's coaching certification. He's got this fantastic coaching certification out in California. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, you know, it was a Q&A time and I was with this group and they said, you know, I'm at a disadvantage because I've never been a coach. I'm actually an accountant. And I want to pivot into coaching. I really love people and I don't get the chance to connect with them as an accountant. I want to pivot, but I'm at a disadvantage. He said that to me. I'm at a disadvantage. And I said, hey, listen, have you ever looked at a profit and loss statement and seen the mistakes that that business was making? He was like, every single one of them. Yeah. I said, how are you at a disadvantage? You're at an advantage. You have studied a thousand profit loss statements. You've identified 47 mistakes that companies make, and you want to actually get to them before they make those mistakes now. So you pivoted your career from an accountant to a coach. And we almost started crying. <laughs> he's like, thank you. He, suddenly, he had been telling himself a, a story that he, was at a, that he wasn't a coach. He was at a disadvantage because his career was so different. And in that moment, he realized, oh, my word, I am more qualified to be a coach than I ever imagined. And now all he has to do is say, by the way, when I was an accountant, I was looking at your profit and loss statement. I never wanted to tell you, but you're making about 23 mistakes. And do you want to hire me as a coach? Because I don't want you to make them anymore. You're wasting tons of money on taxes. You're wasting tons of money on subscriptions you don't use. You're not spending enough money on market. Every, your P&L was telling me it all the entire time. And do you think that guy's going to get hired? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But like you were saying, like with him, it is it is hard. And with the writer from ESPN, it's hard to break out of that, that mindset. It is. Yeah. It's hard, but I wish it weren't. Yeah. I wish it weren't because there's so much wisdom that our friends listening to this podcast are not sharing because of their identity. They don't think of themselves as a coach. You know what it takes to start thinking of yourself as a coach? This is what it takes. You create a coaching product, you deliver it, you bill somebody for it, 
And from that point on, you never think of yourself the same again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a cold plunge, man. You just got to get in the water. You just got to do it. <laughs> you just got to do it. Yeah. You get in the water, you scream cuss words, <laughs> and then you get out, and then you go make YouTube videos about how you're such a successful cold plunger. I think that's how it works. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly how it works. <laughs> but let's get into like, how do you create that potential client list, Bobby? Because yeah, what goes I, into it? Th this is how I would do it. I would make a master list of everybody you think that could buy coaching from you or who who has the problems you want to solve. And I give you an email that you can just cut and paste in the book. You need to start branding yourself as a coach. There was this young woman when I was living in Portland who, you know, I can't remember what Laura did before she was a singer, to be honest with you. She was young. She did not know how to play the guitar, but she was learning. She'd learned like five chords. And she came into my room, lived with all these guys, and she was holding guitars. Laura, what's the deal with the guitar? She goes, I'm starting to play guitar. I think I want to be a singer-songwriter. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> be a singer-songwriter. As she like went, okay, my middle finger goes, where? And she started playing me something. You know, I was like, you know, good on you. Right, right. right? And You have a dream. You have a dream. <laughs> At least you have a dream, Laura. Bobby, three years later, I'm driving through Portland, listening to national public radio, and they featured Laura on a national, not a local, on a national show. I believe she was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And she was amazing. Wow. I tell that story to say sometimes like your identity is caught in somebody else's view of you. Sure. And what Laura needed to do with me at that moment was not listen to me. Although I, I think I said, I think I was very encouraging, but deep inside I was like, you're going to have to learn more oh, than three good luck, chords. Sweetheart. <laughs> good yeah, luck, yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, 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 yeah. She proved us all wrong and she was ridiculously talented. But I think that's also, you're going to have to do that. And part of the way of doing that is doing what Laura did, where you walk into the room and you just start acting as if. And part of that is branding yourself as a coach. You know, it's very important to understand that identity lags behind action, that, that you begin to think of yourself differently after you take action on who you want to become, not before. If you're looking in the mirror going, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, you will never be a coach. It will only happen when you create a website, you brand yourself as a coach, you email everybody to say you're a coach, then somebody hires you, they pay you, and then you do that about three more times. I remember sitting at a book signing in a bookstore autographing my first book. And a young person said to me, what's it like to be a published author? And I looked at them and I said, well, I'm not. <laughs> and <laughs> said, you're asking the wrong guy. And they're looking back at you You should ask going, a published author. And they're looking at me like, "What? well, whose book are you signing? Where's <laughs> Donald Miller? I thought, not. And then I realized like how stupid I look right now. But my identity was so far behind what I had done. And then, you know, a year later, you signed so many of those books that no, you know, now like, I guess I'm a published author. And I, I think a lot of people get caught behind their identity. They don't lead their identity. They let their identity lead them. And it's going to stop you from living a happy life. That will shut down your dream so fast because your identity is leading you around rather than you leading your identity around. The only way to, to change your identity is action. So the first step is to create a list of potential clients and email all of them and tell them you're a coach. Preferably send them a link back to your coaching website, Sure, which is a next step. That's a whole episode that we're going to do later in a podcast. Another thing that you can do as you take that step is subscribe to a CRM. So customer relationship management software. Mm -hmm. You know, what we use HubSpot here. We have a relationship with Keep. We used Keep to build a multi-million dollar company. And once you get about quarter million email addresses, Keep starts, you know, slowing down a little bit. But if you have, you know, one email address up to quarter million, Keep is actually great. So we partnered with Keep, not HubSpot. 
because HubSpot takes off and does great stuff once you're past like yeah. quarter million, half a million. And Keep is it, that is that perfect CRM for when you are starting out and when you want to do those 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 lifts right yeah, up, right it's up small in the, to at mid the start level. of it. Yeah. But we actually partnered with Keep to create a coach builder plug and play CRM so that if you join the coach builder program, you get this CRM and it has like it has a lead generator inside it five reasons you should hire a coach and then 52 emails that automatically go out to anybody who downloaded that saying why they should hire you. So we want to make it really incredibly easy. But you you know, if you don't want to go with us, MailChimp, Keep, all these CRMs, you need to figure out how to use a CRM. You know, write down on a yellow tablet those first 40, 50, 60 contacts. Once you get past that, start entering that information into a CRM. And what happens after you start entering all those email addresses into a CRM and all that contact information is you start realizing I'm not emailing these people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what good is this? I've got a right? list. I know who all my friends are, but yeah. unless you call them over, they're not going to come hang out with you. No. And so you write that first email. And that first email, by the way, is in the book. I actually give you that email in the book. I give you a bunch of emails in the book. But I, I think, you know, creating that list of problems, creating a list of products, creating a list of people that you can email about those products, and then starting to automate that, everything I just said, inside of a CRM I think is the next step to growing that. And, you know, let's talk about our friend who who writes for ESPN. Once he has the new coach publicity mm-hmm. coaching product, yeah. once he has the how not to screw up or crisis management product. How to keep once, your new job. How to keep your new job product. <laughs> you know, he can create those based on his expertise. And then he's got the CRM, what we would call a sales funnel for each. Mm-hmm. So let's say he talks to a coach at a coach's conference and the coach says, you know, blah, 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 we're really dealing with this, it's going to trigger him. And he's going to go, I'm going to send you some information about that. Uh, I know you don't have time right now, but you're going to get an email from me. Great. Looking forward to that. And then he goes back to his hotel room, puts that coach's email address into the CRM under that specific sales funnel. And then that coach is going to get maybe a lead generating PDF and about 20 emails. And the reason you want to do 20 emails is because the lead generating PDF, this coach is very busy. Mm -hmm. He's going to see the title of it. He's probably not going to read it. And then the second email he gets, because, man, I really need to go back and read that PDF. And the third, actually, I'm going to stop right now and read that PDF. And then the fourth is going to be, oh, there's, he emailed me again. That was really good, but I'm kind of busy. And the fifth is going to, and then one of the assistant coaches is going to say, hey, man, we have got to deal with this. And he's like, I know, and he's going to lose some sleep. And then that next morning, he's going to get the sixth email, and that's when he's going to place the order. Yeah. So if you don't have the lead generating PDF in those emails, you're not going to get the order. Because it's a matter of staying present in that person's you know, knowledge that you exist and solve this problem while the window opens up that he has the problem. So it's, it's his awareness of you overlapping in the Venn diagram with his experiencing of the pain point that triggers him to actually make the call, plus the familiarity. Right. So those six or seven emails plus the lead generator plus the problem that he has is what triggers the order. And that's why CRM is so important because you're not going to be able to do that by calling them all the time, right? right? right. You want to automate that. And then my friend is going to get a call saying, hey, can we talk about you know, this workshop that you're doing or this one-day consulting thing? I really think I want to put my team in a conference room and we want to do that together as soon as the season's over. And then he's going to get an order. And then that's going to give him confidence to do something. But listen, unless you actually identify those potential clients and associate them with a problem and also have a campaign that you send out per problem selling each product... It's going to be a little harder to do that. You can do it, yeah. But if you want a you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars coaching business in a month, this is how you do it. You actually get the CRM, you identify the problem, create the product, and then you start categorizing 
clients into those potential problems. And I think that's key, getting down to the point where you can categorize them. Because like you said, then you're funneling a very specific message and a very specific product with intention that's just going to increase your success rate closing deals. That's exactly it. And from then, you actually get to do what you're best at, and that is just cultivating relationships. So once you have all that automated stuff in place, you start just hosting breakfast. You just host a breakfast with folks, you know, any coach doing any sort of coaching, you know, for my friend, you're going to host a breakfast on such and such morning. Maybe we know that Monday at 7 a.m. is a slow time or probably Friday at 7 a.m. more likely. And anybody wants to show, they're just going to sit, they're going to get together and you are going to facilitate a free conversation about coaching. And you're, you're going to become known as a guy who knows a lot about how to coach a sports team. They, by the way, are hungry to talk to each other. So only head coaches are allowed. Or, or you do it instead of doing a, a weekly or monthly breakfast, do a quarterly get together, do a quarterly Zoom call of just coaches. I was going to ask, you say the dream and the goal would always be as personable as possible, sitting across right. the table yeah. where it's all organic. You know, it's almost it very much feels and is a conversation in those scenarios when, say, you're working with all these coaches, they're all over the country. A Zoom call, a that's Zoom an option call. too. Yeah. Yeah. A Zoom call where you're just throwing out questions. Hey, guys, you know, biggest advantage you found this quarter in coaching. What's one mistake you've made as a head coach that you don't want anybody else on this call to make? You ask wow. that question and you don't you think they get they're going to get value from that call? Sure. And plus they they're going to feel safe and then then you actually say, "Hey, by the way guys, we only do this quarterly. If you want to do it every month and you want to do it twice in person for a 2-day retreat, it's $15,000, but I've got a coach's mastermind that I'd love to invite and half of those guys are signing up. Absolutely. And that, that those opportunities are such a great way for you or for the coach to keep identifying right. problems deeper into the original problems that, that you can solve yeah, and then new problems that you can solve or new problems that are coming up with your clients. Yeah, absolutely. And and by the way, this that whole breakfast thing and quarterly Zoom call, it's going to last you about a year. And then you're not going to be able to do that anymore because you can't take the clients. <laughs> You can't. You, I'm not kidding. Business is exploding. You, you can't do it. And now you're going to have to hire coaches to coach under you, and it's going to be very hard for you to find somebody with your expertise. <laughs> but if you want to keep growing the bit, I personally, I'd say don't do it. I'd say go fishing. <laughs> like just take the money a, and go that's fishing. That's what you always say. Buy a boat. Get to <laughs> yeah, the point where you just boat, buy a man. boat, sit on a lake, and catch some bass. That's what I do. But you know, that's kind of how you do it. I, I, Bobby, I wish like there was some magic formula that I'm releasing, but this is really about relationship management. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that's what CRM is. It's a relationship management system. But what people don't understand is you're managing those relationships to identify the problems that they have in order to sell them a product that solves that problem. And so much of that can be automated with a CRM. I want to close with, uh, with explaining why it works this way. There's a, a triangle that psychologists talk about, and it's basically a path that all relationships and the building of relationships take. It's a three-step process or path, if you will, or phases of a relationship. The first is curiosity. So this is true in any relationship with a brand, with a coach, with a person, in romantic relationships, and business relationships, relationships that you have as a company when you're recruiting talent. The very first thing that happens when you meet somebody or something or even a politician that you might vote for is something about that person or that brand or that product piqued your curiosity. You notice that amongst the thousands of other things there was to notice. And the only reason you noticed that is because there was something intuitively that you felt like they had that could help you survive or thrive. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing human beings are curious about. 
you know, so when you met your wife, you saw her from across the room and you were curious. There was there's nurturing available there. There's friendship available there. Let's be honest. There's procreation <laughs> opportunities that are there. You know, all that, there was something about her. Right. That's true for every politician, every product. There's something about that soap. Smells like watermelon. I love the smell of watermelon. You know, what it's going to get the dandruff out of it. Whatever it is. Right, right. There's an opportunity there. And then, you know, the second phase is actually a very, very long phase, unless it's like a $2 product. It's called enlightenment. And so I'm curious, and would you like to go on a date? And that begins the enlightenment phase of a relationship. And enlightenment is basically, are my suspicions true? Mm -hmm. What would be the downside? What would be the upside? Would this actually work? How's this person under pressure? Uh, is this product actually going to make my skin itchy? You know, whatever it is, right, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. You're doing the enlightenment. And then only after enlightenment will you commit. And commit is, let's get married and start a family. You're the one I want to be with forever. That's the big. That's the biggest commitment that you'll ever make. But there's also a commitment like, I'm going to spend eight bucks on this shampoo. And that's a commitment. For a coach, it's, I'm going to give up 1,200 bucks a month to talk to this person. That does not happen without curiosity and enlightenment. And you know, managing a CRM, the power of it is that email or that lead generator piques their curiosity. The eight to 50 emails that they get from you, and by the way, 50 is not a lot of emails, when I launch a book, I send out an average of 50, more than 50 emails. That's a book. That's a $20 book. I'm sending out 50 emails to sell a $20 book. And by the way, it works. And nobody unsubscribes. Yeah. Right? It, what I'm doing is I'm enlightening people about what's in it for them and whether or not it's worth spending 20 bucks on this book. You know? And if you're dating, you know, I remember Betsy. Betsy sat me down. You'll love the story, Bobby. When we were in Washington, D.C., I knew, because we had been friends for a long time, I knew that I, I would be willing and wanted to marry her. Mm -hmm. uh, because I'd thought about her a long time. She hadn't thought of me that way. She thought I was too old when we first met. <laughs> I did not think she was too young. <laughs> she thought I was too old. So. <laughs> You're like, I don't have a problem with this situation. I don't situation. have a problem with your yeah. age. You're 32. Yeah. Anyway, so she sat me down. I moved to D.C. to spend some time with her because we were very clearly dating. And she said, Don, you are a quality time guy. She just goes, like, you can spend 10 minutes and you know what you want. Whether yeah. it's business or whether it's, and by the way, you're willing to get into it and figure out it in what you want and back out. You know, yeah. she said, I am a quantity time woman. And I was like, what does that mean? She goes, it's going to take you a It's going to take <laughs> the quantity of time that we need to figure this out is going to be a little That's bit. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't, she's like, I don't go with my hunches. Yeah. I, uh, you're going to, it's going to take you a minute. But uh, years later, I'm looking at our analytics. I'm looking at the data for our CRM, and I'm realizing that 80-something percent of people who buy products from me have received like 40 emails. The light bulb went on. Oh, my word. Human beings are quantity time. They're not quality time. They're quantity time. Wow. Enlightenment takes a while. And so many coaches, I think, fail to build their business because they meet you and they ask to get married. Yeah. And it's like, wait, did, did they read your lead generator? Have, have they watched your YouTube videos? Have they, you know, did they get emails from you? If they haven't, you're not doing the, you're not dating. Or on the other end of it, they might go, well, I've already emailed them and they didn't say anything. So right. Once, they, don't, they don't want me. Twice. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, it takes more than that. So I think if you want to have confidence to pivot a coaching career, start thinking about that CRM. By the way, you don't need a CRM because people are that desperate for coaching. But if one month from now you want to have that $150,000, $200,000 run rate, a CRM, you know, go through a CRM and start building that thing out. Lastly, let me say this on this episode. I firmly believe if you are pivoting into a coaching career or if you're starting any kind of business, 80% of your time needs to be spent on marketing. 
and 20% of your time developing and delivering product. Now, that's year one. Mm -hmm. Year two, 50-50. Year three, 80-20 in the other direction. In other words, if you are starting a new career on your own as an entrepreneur, 80% of your time is self-promotion, getting that CRM, getting those. And we, we give you a ton of emails it's in all our in hundreds there, yeah. In, yeah. Our, in our emails that you can choose to dr cut and paste. And I want to send this email, then I want to send this. I want to rewrite this one because yeah. I, th I don't think Don was right on, <laughs> on that one because I wrote a ton of these emails. And you, know, you, you want to spend a lot of your time thinking about that. And then your business is going to grow, so you don't have time to do that much marketing and now it's 50-50. And then you know, by the time it's 80-20, 80% you're delivering the product. You don't need any more money, but you, I, I just never ever want you to stop being a marketer. So I always want you to spend 20% of your time refining and perfecting that. You're gonna lose clients and then you're gonna have to, you know, you got clients on your wait list or you're gonna start a giant mastermind. I mean, my, my mastermind might go to 50 people. Uh, and you know, that's fun. At that point, you got a community that you're managing that's really a blast. You know, there's all sorts of ways to do that. But you know, 80% of your time identifying those potential clients, contacting them about the problem they have, and offering the product that you you can sell. And the book walks you through it. I've got the actual email you need to send to announce that you're a coach. I've got ideas on the products that you can create. All that stuff is in Coach Builder. But figuring out that client list and automating that journey from curiosity to enlightenment to commitment in a CRM is critical if you want to grow a coaching business, at least if you want to grow it quickly. Uh, that's how you do it. So, Don, with everything that we've talked through today, you know, because at the end of every episode, we have a plan of action, that piece that you can immediately implement to, in this case, shape, strengthen, and grow your coaching business that's pulled directly from this episode. It all comes down to that seed that we planted in the beginning, which is create that client list. What should that potential coach on the other side that's listening right now do for their plan of action after today's episode? I want you to open a notes app in your phone. This is just a confidence building exercise. Sure. Open a notes app in your phone and start writing the names of people who you could help. That's it. That's great. The names of the people that you can help. And then at the end of a month, you are probably going to have more than 50 names. You're going to be, first of all, you're going to be shocked at how many people you know who you can help. And even if they're a friend of a friend and you've never met them. Yeah. You know, Matt told me a story about so-and-so's dealing with this. I've never heard of that guy, but I'm writing his name because I can help that guy. Right. At the end of a month or so, you're going to have about 50 to 100 people. And I want you to know this. 10% of them will hire you, 10%. So if it's 50, you got five. Your first five clients are on that, guarantee your first five clients are on that list. You know, if it's 100, you've got 10. And by the way, you, you're only going to be able to deal with about 20. Sure. You know, so this yeah, is yeah. not a long-term exercise. And then you start getting lead generators and CRMs and- Just you know, boost you start, conversion, yeah. Yeah, you start putting yourself out there. You put, put your, you know, email me at such and such if you want to be on my list, on your business card. You should be able to get to four and 500 leads by the end of the first year of you just thinking about being a coach. And by the way, if you're pivoting your career, Michael Hyatt was CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishers, and he started a podcast, and he started a YouTube channel, I think. And he started, I think by the time he left, he had five or 10,000 email addresses. By the time he left his job, then he emails everybody, he says, here's what I'm doing. I'm doing some coaching. And he made more money in the first year out of Thomas Nelson, I guarantee you, than he did ever <laughs> as a CEO. But he's smart. He started yeah. building his list. Build your list. That's your plan of action. Build your list. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me for this Coach Builder Limited series where we are obsessed with helping you turn your knowledge and passion into a thriving coaching business. See you next week.